This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward unsophisticated every man yeah uh well i'm just not sure about that right now welcome to couch and the room Welcome to Couch in the Roof, Graham Couch, Jason Nick, our Wednesday show presented by our friends at Cask and Company, Kitchen and Bar, and Front 43 Neighborhood Pub, where they are open now, taking all the precautions you can, uh, some terrific stuff they're doing to get ahead of things, um, and uh, open up to 50% capacity, Cask and Company and Front 43, uh, can still do takeout too, if you're more comfortable doing that, um, just north of Frandor on East Saginaw and Lansing. Terrific menu. Uh, you can visit caskincompany.com for more information. Jason, how you doing, man? What's up, buddy? Yeah, we went out to eat last night on a whim. I didn't know this place was open, but there was two people sitting out on the patio. And Teresa's like, let's go. I'm like, can we go in? It was kind of like, we were like tiptoeing in there like, hey, are we cool or what? You know, I didn't know it was fully operational, well, kind of half capacity or whatever. But it was kind well, of yeah, nice to feel normal last night a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think people are in different places now. Where some people are ready for it, and some people aren't, and it's okay either way. You know, you can still support local businesses, local restaurants. If you're ready to go sit in, uh, you know, you can go sit in. And I think that's a decision everybody's got to make for themselves for a little while uh, until it's it's pretty clear. And there wasn't much social distancing at the bar. I will say that there were some people huddled into the bar, not at Front Forty Three Casting Company, but at the bar right. we were at the where we decided to get something to eat. So I think people are making their own decisions, or people. I think people are like unsure. Myself included. I just don't know. Are we done with this now? Or no? We're, I don't think we are. Um, okay. And I think we need to be a little careful. That's what I mean. Um, because we want to be done with it. <laughs> right? Right. Like the idea is to be done with this because it it, it 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 sucks and it's taking a bite out of our lives and our and our our summers and you know and, and for some people much more much more serious. Uh, also, if you if you're if you're in the restaurant business or um, Cass and Company is now hiring Front Forty Three uh, and Cass and Company hiring servers, hosts, bartenders. Um, and cooks, so you can apply at caskingcompany dot uh, com, um, and uh, that's got to be yeah. tough though, with people getting the unemployment to get people to come in and want to work for well, half I think, capacity. It's got to be. Tough. I think that's happening a lot of places that people aren't ready to come back, and, and I, you know, they, if, if they're opening, and and the new the new PPP rules, the Payroll Protection Act will will help that they don't have to be in compliance with their full staff until uh, after the 
extra unemployment runs out uh, at the end of July. So, um, but uh, yeah, Front Forty Three is open eleven a.m. to midnight, fifty percent capacity. So they are back and they are they are doing all sorts of. Uh, they've been posting on their Facebook page all sorts of ways that they have been uh, trying to make you comfortable, including they have this like uh, this this almost radar. I forget what the, the term this when you when you come out from the kitchen to washing your hands as a as an employee, it can show you how clean your hands are and, and uh, really trying to take steps to make people uh, feel uh, feel safe. Wait, you can tell if your about. server washed their hands or not. Well, no. The server is able to that, oh. that you, the server is able just to see how well they did and what bacteria is on their hands and everything like that. Dude, that yeah. would be cool to have one of those. Just go around the people. Like, yeah, no, they got them, re- like a scanner. Refinished tabletops, glass installation for booths and protection. Um, you know, lots of things they've done. A divider uh, uh, for the a patron divider for, for for at the bar for guests who want that. So lots of stuff there. Uh, if you're ready for that, and um, and we will begin to give away gift cards uh, in the not-too-distant future to uh, Cask and & Company and Front 43 uh, again. So we got a fun show today. Sorry for the late start if you if you listen to us live. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff going on at the LSJ and got a, a call that I missed yesterday at like 12.50 before we started doing this and needed to have the conversation. Some of these conversations aren't conversations you can rush. You can't be talking sometimes about serious issues and you're like, ah, I need to stop you Um yeah, I, need to I go. only have 20 seconds left. Can you tell me about Black yeah. Lives Matter? Go ahead. I put I put this poll up about the MLS season, and I need to go talk about it <laughs> on Twitter. Um, so what you know? So, but we do have a fun show. Joe Rexroad is going to join us, our good friend, and uh, covered Michigan State forever. Wrote an interesting piece in the Athletic. Uh, but we're going to talk some college football too, and and uh, yeah, and it'll be good to have Joe. It's always good to hear Joe's voice. You can join us at. at uh, if you, uh, 35 after the hour, and uh, we'll get into everything with him. And if you have something you want, if you're listening live, you can always uh, tweet at us. And if you have something you want us to to ask Joe, uh, I'm sure he he regrets leaving. That's well, let me I ask you this off the top, Graham, because this was pretty interesting. We got into it on Spartabeat with Rico with the schedules coming out for Michigan State. Uh, they are announcing Central Michigan, what, 2027, something like that. My question to you, maybe, yeah. maybe you know this, but why do they do it so far in advance? Would it be possible just to do it only two years? Well, that's like basketball. It's it's much less, right? Very yeah. few long-range contact, contracts. And, and, and football, it's always that way. These things are complicated. You, you do the scheduling way out. Um, you know, And, and when, with, with, with Central, you know, a lot of people are talking about more uh, in-state and regional matchups because it saves money and, and that's something they got to consider i would say this they've been playing central and western and eastern a ton for years i don't think that has a lot to do with it but what's also interesting is times will change so in 2008 they come up with the celebrate the state series i think it was eight or nine celebrate the state series after the economy had collapsed and the idea was michigan state was going to play at western michigan at central michigan at eastern michigan uh, within the next decade, and two of those matchups happened: Eastern Michigan, with uh, an AD who just I think screwed it up at the time, wanted out of the game anyway. But and but Central and Western Central was in 2012, Western in 2015, and and you, you may have gone to one of those games. Cool environments, and it was beneficial to everybody. It was a big deal for Western and Central, and financially it made a ton of sense for Michigan State because. Instead of paying out, like if, if when Central comes to visit in 2023, 
That's costing Michigan State at least a million dollars for that game. But the three-for-one contract, much like a home-and-home, that they signed with those schools, where they those schools came to Michigan State three times and they went to their place once, allowed Michigan State to pay a lot less in those buyouts. So Michigan State made money, and they didn't lose either one of those games. I think they should do that all the time. I think they should have – it's great. I mean, I'm not even sure those schools want to do it all the time because, frankly, I think they make more – if they're on the road playing those guarantees. Well, Solari tweeted out that the CMU contract is 1.75 for 2023 and one and a half million for 2027 and 2030. Yep. There you go. But, to be honest with you, really couldn't you negotiate that down? Like, listen, we'll give you 800,000. No, CMU no, because, says no. Because, because, because that's what the going rate is for schools. And by 2030, that won't be that much. Let me give you an example. I start covering Western Michigan in 2005. This is how fast stuff escalates. Two points on this. One, when they, they did the celebration, the state series, they did it because the economy collapsed and they wanted to help these places. But by the time they played Western Michigan in 2015, things were pretty good. And so that times will change by 2027. And by 2023, we may still be feeling the effects of this. But when you look at the, the, the overall money, th- those schools need it too. And you're not, you're not hurting. Like If you're going to do a big payout, the best thing you can do if you're Michigan State or Michigan is have the payout go in state. If you're going to give somebody $1.7 million, the other thing I'll say is by 2030, $1.7 million won't be a lot for a payout. When I started covering Western Michigan in 2005, they were supposed to play that year Wisconsin on the road. The game didn't happen. I forget why the buyout, whatever, but I, re- I do remember the payout amount. It was like $300,000, $350,000 or something like that. So by you know within three, four years, there was everything was seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. There was talk of a million here and there. It, it had more than doubled, and and that was just in a few years. So things move quickly, and I think you know when you talk about seven, ten years out, um, I don't think it's all that financially irresponsible to, uh, to to do that, and especially if it's money that's going in state, right? I mean, so just, that's why it happens to benefit the athletic department to do it ten years out. In order to save money well, down, down the well, line. Well, some of this is just scheduling. Ten years out, it's because you're trying to set up all these matchups, all these contracts. These are complex. You got to fit things where you can. You want to play a school. If you look at it, it's like every three, four years you're playing that school. They probably are trying to play Western and Eastern every three, four years. You know, you see those. Um, you know, I, I, I think that I don't think there's. You want these things. It just makes it easy to have them done, and it makes it easier to to know what you have and have things on the books. And you can always buy people out of games if something else occurs. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Alabama calls and says that date is something we really like to have, you can you can figure things out. You can negotiate. But it's on the books, and, and you know you have it, and both sides are planning on it, and you've got a history of playing each other. Um, and but my question that, is if CMU says no, because I'm with you. I would like to keep it in state. It would be fun to have CMU fans and, you know, all that stuff. But I would say if you don't want it, then I'll find another school. I just don't know how inflated it's going to get by 2030 where CMU is going to start demanding $4 million a game in 2030. Well, so, yeah, and, and all this stuff's moving, and all this stuff could be different. Some of these schools could be 1AA by then. Who knows? Okay. Or FCS. You know, for a while um, when they went to the 12th game, there was a lot of leverage from the 1AA and FCF schools because they're, you know, they, they all of a sudden were needed and they were making a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't think it's a lot of money, but I don't think what it'll be by then. They're both taking a gamble. What if the payouts by then are two, two million for something like this and you wind up paying one seven? That's not so bad. You know, I, I, I don't, 
look, it's I a guess lot of it money. Just, it just out. bums me out as a fan to look at the schedule. It's tough to get excited for a 2030 series or a back-to-back Notre Dame. Oh, In 2029, it's like... You know, I was like, all right, I can't get excited about that right now. Why can't no, you, you do can't. it two years out? Two years I, I, out should give a teams enough time, universities enough time to figure it but out. But we're all we're all like this. We just don't get excited about it. You'll forget about it by tomorrow, right? Sure. It's, it's just not a big deal. I'll give you an example. I remember in 2006, I'm watching the World Cup, and somebody brought up the next World Cup. And they started talking about in 2010. And I was like, I don't care. The U.S. either wins now or I'm done. Somebody's like, why? And I was like, because I'm 30 in 2010, and I don't want to think about being 30. Anything that happens four years from now is dead to me. Look, life changes. In 2030, I'll be 50. I'm not going to think about that. I really hope to be alive. I don't know if I'll be covering the team. I don't know if I'll be at the game. I don't know what the hell will be going on. I'm not going to think about that. That's depressing as hell. Every year you get older is depressing as hell. Yeah. So, yeah, the only yeah, people no. that don't really care are like 20-year-olds that see the schedule 10 years down. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. No, no, then, because they think 30 is like, holy crap, that's old. Right, but I mean, if you look at it out of all of us, I mean, when you're 40, you look, okay, great, I'm going to be 50 by then. That's even worse than when you're 20. Right. It's like, oh, that's going to suck, but man, I'll get there at least. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's just some all of right. these non-conference schedules, man. It's just ridiculous. No, I agree. I, they, they, they schedule way out. It It, it, it is a little... A little weird in that sense. Because I just um, I just feel you could make some of these games, if it's only two years out, like you find a narrative. Like Rio gave a good example about Cincinnati. I know Fickle and Tucker, they have really nothing to do with each other. But I think it would be kind of cool to see those guys coach against each other. We'll never see it. And even if we do, like how long are we going to let this keep going? Ten years, ten years. Right. Before we right. stop it and say, let's restart this right now. But Yeah, but what's wrong with having Central Michigan on the books? I mean, CMU is a – I don't know. I, I – I, I if you're a we, season ticket holder, I mean, if you try, like they try with Miami, you know, I, I like that kind of move. But if you're going to sit there and have a patty cake non-conference schedule. But these schools need to plan, too. I mean, CMU needs to be able to plan for big paydays. And, Seven years and frankly, out. And, and here's something I don't know, and this I do not know, okay? This may be done. And I, I would love to ask Bill Beekman this, and maybe at some point I will. I, I wonder for places like CMU, if they're able to get some of these on the books, with knowing 1.7 million is coming in in 10 year this year this year whatever 2023 this is coming 27 because they're probably scheduling other games that helps them perhaps borrow money right now if they need it in athletics with contracts set for money coming in that I I don't I don't know that but I do know those schools are suffering a ton Central is suffering badly and 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 athletics and and maybe overall but in athletics trying to fund an athletic department so maybe it helps them. Uh, borrow, you know, borrow against the future. I don't know that. I, I'm just, I'm just. That may be one, one avenue here for being for for having those things, um, set in stone. I want to have one other conversation with you before we get to um, before we get to Joe. And we put this out there today, the idea that there is going to be a sport back early July, July eighth, MLS coming back, right? Yes. Hell yeah. Huge, huge. Hell yeah. And, but it is not a sport that a lot of people pay attention to. It's not one of the four. It's not in the realm of hockey. Now, it's, it's not the sport that people don't pay attention. There's a l- growing, large contingent that watch, uh, especially Premier League soccer and overseas. It's the world's the most soccer. popular sport, Graham. Come on now. Jump I'm on talking board. About even, I'm talking about in this country. But our own league is not the best. So it is limited audience. In Michigan, we don't have a team. But I found this interesting. So the question was, MLS 
will be the first American sports league back, right? Not counting NASCAR and golf, right? Um, starting early July. For those that would normally not tune in, will you give it a shot? Now, I assume that some of the people who respond to this would normally tune in because one of the, the, the four options were I'll eat up every game, I'll give it a look, maybe I'm desperate, or still zero interest. And 9% said I'll eat up every game. So if those are new fans, that's a really good deal for MLS. If one, 9% was, of, one was Steve Beckman and his crew, probably. Yeah. <laughs> if, but, if, but if people don't usually pay attention, they're like, yes, I'll eat up every game. So a couple things. One, 49% wins, still zero interest. And that may look like not a great number. But if you're trying to grow a sport and you see a poll like this, and I'm not saying the couch in the room poll, poll that's like two hours old with 234 votes is the end-all, be-all to, to, to put together a strategy, although our numbers don't usually move once we get to 100. And they're fairly representative of the general public, I think. Well, I mean, couch in the room, like we should be the panel, our listeners, us, that really decides all, everything in sport. Yep. Lock so, solid. But, but number the second most was I'll give it a look. Twenty six percent, and then maybe I'm desperate. I'm, the maybe I'm desperate is kind of where I was on NASCAR, and it hasn't really panned out. So I, I'm going to put the maybe I'm desperate with the still zero interest, and you're looking at sixty five percent. No, but a third of the audience is I'll eat up every game or I'll give it a look. And if you're adding, you know, even if ten percent of those people are already in, if you're adding twenty five percent new people giving you a shot because that's a huge win for being the first sport back huge win we'll see what their numbers are we'll see you know they're not going to be able to create the full experience obviously soccer as you know fans in the stands usually helps um but if they can create a product that people like if they can create an energy that people like and for that league uh maybe it's something is they try to grow and and um you know the the problem for for mls is always going to be until they have more of the best talent in the world, there are going to be limitations to their popularity in this country. And, you know, there are other hey, arguments. Who is the star MLS. in MLS right now? The biggest star in MLS? Yeah. Beckham? That's Beckham is no longer playing. Team um, yeah, he did. <laughs> is that Babape guy on there? Yeah. Um, let me, let but me, you let have me to, look you at have, the roster. Oh, well, that's some off time then. Yep. Big soccer guy that couch. Those all these guys. So, so Wayne Rooney's gone. He's the one I saw play in D.C. two years ago, and he went back. And uh, Carlos Vez is still playing. Um, oh yeah, he uh, is. Um. Uh, Schweinsteiger is not that good anymore. Oh, yeah, he's fell off. Um, yeah, but uh, and, I'm, and I'm not even sure he's back this year. This is from a year ago. Um, who's all signed? You know, it's not a great a great list. I mean, there are some people who are, um, you know, Ibrahimovic uh, 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 or what I always mispronounce his last name. Oh. A lot of people do. Big guy plays in L.A. There are there are there are a number of and there are a number of good. Um, other players who aren't the big signing stars that are, you know, recognizable in the soccer world. Um, and, you know, Atlanta had a squad that was, was worth watching a couple of years ago. And, and, and look, I'm curious. I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention. Uh, there was a period in my life where I used to gamble a little bit on MLS and enjoyed it and got into it. And I haven't. So I don't have a team. So I don't see. That's why I, I would put myself in the maybe I'm desperate, because if 
we put a certain amount of money, or if I did, I would watch. Because the thing about soccer, I will, I, I show respect for this. They get you in and get you out, right? MLS does. I, I take it they do the same as the Lance United did or whatever, right? Is it the same kind of rules? Because when we went it, to that it's game, an hour, it's an hour and a half, yeah, right. <laughs> Is that the yeah. same kind of rules? I don't know. Yes. I don't yes. watch the Major yes. League Soccer. So I'm, I'm saying they get you in and get you out, and if you gamble on it, you can maybe win some money and make it interesting that way. So maybe. I'm desperate. That's, that would be my vote. I, I tell you what, gambling on soccer is not all bad. It's, it's tricky, but if you but you can make money if you can find a team that's really good because they, they have goal lines. Like In other words, you've got to win by one or half or whatever. And if you can get a team that, that – um, is really good. The line will be like one, and they're dominating for a while. If you pick a team that gets hot in MLS, you can make some money. Uh, either way, I, I just think it's it's when I see those numbers for MLS, and I don't know what the lasting ramifications it'll be. I don't know if they'll take advantage of it. I don't know if the product will be enough to. I don't even know how much. I mean, I'll definitely give it a look. I'm in that s- side of it. I'll, I'll definitely watch some games. I like soccer, and so. Um, but the, I think the, the greater question is also is did like a sport like baseball just completely miss its window to be that? And would you have had, if it had been baseball, Jason, and the same thing coming back July 8th, July 4th, whenever that was, if they had been ready to go, mm-hmm. would have you been all in? Like if I asked those same questions to you. Yeah, I'm all in. I would be definitely all in. Yeah. For and the question is too, when the NBA comes back, is this like concerning? Like I saw Mike Breen saying that they're going to have to do games from like another area. They're not going to be able to go to Orlando. Is that going to be a way for baseball too? It's just bizarre that they can't have announcers in these these spaces. I mean, what's that about? Well, yeah, you can do, but you can announce games from anywhere. They do that with non-rev sports all the time. Like for BTN, they do. A, if you're watching a BTN field hockey game, you know they're not there. They're not there. The chances are they're in. I look a- for them. They're, yeah, chances are they're every once in a while they are, but some they're in a studio in Chicago. Mm. That happens. So you can do these games from other places pretty well. They've done that with the World Cup. In fact, the World Cup in I want to say, and I, I could be wrong on this, and they may have taken flack and that, but I think the World Cup that was in South uh, South Korea, maybe uh, in two thousand two, if I'm getting that correct, uh, was done. Would two thousand two be correct? The right year? Um, I think so. I think that World Cup was um, done, broadcasted remotely. It was not because those games were in like the middle of the night. I still remember living in Chicago when I just was finishing school and waking up at you know for a one a.m., four a.m., or seven a.m. game overnight. Um, so I think that they didn't send them. There. So yeah, you can do it. It's not. I don't think the, the announcers will be a huge deal. It'll be weird. It'll be different. The product's going to have to be good. The soccer's going to have to be good. I think the soccer is usually good in MLS enough to draw fans. The problem is it's not always great. I, I've watched middle-of-the-pack MLS soccer. You're almost better with one team getting a red card. I went to see a, a Philly uh, – it was a, a Red Bull, the New Jersey uh, Red Bull, New York, New Jersey Red Bull or whatever, and um, the Philly uh, team play when my buddy Scott and I do our MLS, MLB trip every year a few years ago. And this is like, it winds up being, it always winds up being like a 100-degree day. We're just baking. We have good seats. We're just baking there. And it's a stalemate. It's two teams without enough great offense to really do anything. And then somebody gets kicked out on one side, and the game opens up. And because one team's got an advantage, and the other team then had some good counters, and it was good. And, and so, But what I do worry about with MLS is sometimes you get the middling teams, and it's just not great soccer, and it's noticeable, but... 
Do they play at night, like on the weekday nights? I mean, yes, that would they'll be play on weekday nights. Okay. Yeah. See, I think that could get some more people in because after being outside, you want to come inside and watch something, some sporting event. Where it is, yeah. you know, if it were on Saturday at two o'clock in the afternoon, not going to get anybody. Right. Well, yes, a little different, and they they do play a lot of weekend games. So I'm curious to see what their schedule will be here and how it's all how it all works out. I haven't I haven't seen um, all of that uh, yet. Um, but yeah, I just that is just something today. I thought, boy, this is something MLS is smart. They are the ones. They win the prize. We'll see if they get a bump. We'll see if it changes things in this country uh, for uh, for that league, and we'll see what the impact on baseball is, which seems to be coming back, but which is going to play the its entire season uh, against the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs, and with the Tigers being as awful as they are, except us gambling against them. Like, who gives a crap, right? Before we go to Joe uh, after the commercial break, Graham, I want to talk about this Twitter, this video on Twitter of you. I think it was shot by Matt Charbonneau on a basketball court. I saw this was a Purdue of you. I don't know. Is this a joke or is this really how so you play basketball? I'm concerned. This is, no, this is this is actually the day before my second date with my wife. Now, ah. um, so this is 2013, February of 13, maybe, and. It's a video that, yeah, anyway, Charbonneau took that just happened to be on my phone from way back then. And what happened is there, there's this cage, there's this room with all these balls and a locked cage basketballs, right, at, at, uh, at Purdue. We were, covered the Michigan State game there. We'd finished writing, getting ready to leave. We came out to just try and shoot around, but the, the balls were all locked in this little cage. But there were a couple others that were out there, and I went and picked one up, and it's, it was like a heavy ball. They have these sort of medicine ball basketballs. They're not real basketballs, but they have tremendous bounce, and they're almost like it's like a five-pound basketball. And that's why it, it, the effect is so great. First of all, my first dribble with it, you see it like skies high on me. It's not like a regular basketball. And then I did not quite understand when I threw it off the backboard how far it would rocket back behind me. Like normally, even though I can't jump, that would have I would have thrown it to a level that I could have caught it and then you would have seen that I couldn't jump. Because it appears, the video makes it seem that you just picked up a basketball for the first time. And I'm yeah, like, I know. Wow, it's is, not really good. Is he hammered not... at the game? What's happening here? Is yeah. this true? I thought I, I thought it was. It reminded me of when I found out Santa Claus wasn't real. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, Graham can't fake. play. Graham can't play. No, it's, it's it, yeah. That would be hindsight. a hell of a bit, by the way, if you're this cocky about it but played that way. That would be one of the greatest bits ever. It would be a good bit. I should do that. I should pick something. It's what I used to I, – when I used to go to bars, I used to wear like a Georgetown football shirt or a uh, Southern Illinois tennis shirt. Because if you're wearing a Georgetown basketball shirt, people know you didn't play to Georgetown. You look like me. You didn't play at Georgetown. You're just a fan. But who wears a Georgetown football shirt? That guy must have played. Right? you got to pick the obscure sport at a school that's a power in something else. Did that slay the ladies back played. then? I look who I married. You know, yeah, but you didn't I mean, have the Georgetown shirt then. I don't know. Georgetown oh, yeah, football yeah. people. Chicks are like, oh my god, he played at football at Georgetown. And frankly, and this was also with Joe and one of our greatest uh, basketball feats ever. We won a three on three tournament. He and I and, and Jerry Ahern at the media division. And this is probably the best I was playing back then. I'm about 33 years old. And my wife went, but we, we'd only been dating a few months. She said, I'll come watch. It was in the, the gym at the University of Detroit. And I was excited. I played well. I mean, you can ask Joe. I played well. We beat younger people. We beat, I was he, Joe and I played a lot together. I was really excited because I had this woman I was trying to impress there, and I actually played well. I didn't screw it up. Like when James Edwards usually comes to watch me for the first time, I screw it up, right? I was excited. I went over there. She didn't see a second of it. She was reading a book the whole time. She didn't care. She didn't read a second. And I realized 
that if she actually liked me after that, then she actually really liked me for me, which I actually respected less. But um, whole different issue. All right, we need to take a break. When we come back, Joe Rexroad, Couch in the Roof. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi? Sip on handcrafted cocktails or one of 46 beers on tap. Take your game day or date night to Casket Company Kitchen Bar or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American-Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Casket Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. Looks like sports betting in Michigan Maybe it may be happening. I'll believe it when I see it. We can hang out at the casino, man. We can place real bets. You don't have to go into dark alleys anymore to place these bets with your bookie. Yeah, you can do both. Yeah, I'm looking out for fun. your health, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't need you running down the street. Start the car! Start the car! The Spartan Beat with Rico Beard. Noon to 1 Eastern, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific on Spotlight Radio Network. Live across the Great Lakes State, you're connected to Michigan's most engaging and influential radio and television program, Michigan's Big Show, starring Michael Patrick Shields. Great to be with you, Michael Patrick. You're the show I would want to be on. Forget those other ones. Michael Patrick, it's always a pleasure to be on the air with the key of the airwaves. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs> That's a very good question. Those are all great questions. Good morning. Thank you. Michigan's Michael Patrick Shields. Gambling, booze, and lots of opinions. You're listening to Couch and the Rue. All right, Graham Couch, Jason Nick, our Wednesday show, Couch and the Rue, brought to you by Front 43 Neighborhood Pub and Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar, now open 11 a.m. to midnight for in-house dining and patio dining. Uh, 50% capacity, social distancing. They're taking a lot of uh, steps and precautions to make you feel safe. So if you're one of those people who does, they're open for you. And it's a terrific menu. If not, still, caskincompany.com. Terrific takeout menu, full menu available, uh, caskincompany.com. Or uh, go to their location just north of Frandor in East Saginaw in Lansing. Very pleased now to be joined by a good friend of mine, longtime friend of mine, and... uh, both of us writing about social justice now, uh, which speaks to the times. Um, Joe Rexro, Joe, how you doing, man? Why can't we come up with any original ideas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be with you, buddy. We should change the narrative. You and I will set the next agenda in this country. We'll figure out what it is and uh, start writing about it. Something That's new. That's right. Um, <laughs> I did I want to compliment you on the piece you wrote um, today in the athletic that everybody should read and you can find at Joe Rexroad on his Twitter account as well. And uh, we'll tweet it out here from the show account. First of all, I like that you went with Jamel Hill and your relationship with her and your conversations. And I like that you dealt with your own history dealing with the subject. Um, Tell me a little bit about your thoughts in the last week or so and what made you write this? Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. And look, I mean, basically, I mean, I, I've thought this for a long time anyway, but I think especially at this time, it's just my, you know, it's my luck. I've been blessed to be around Jamel on that Michigan State beat for many years and, and become very close to her. And 
have some of these conversations with her, um, appreciate her perspective, and be very, very proud of everything she's done from then to Orlando to ESPN to now. And I think she's a really important voice in this country. And I've also, Graham, been really pissed off at times with how some people have perceived her and what she's saying and misunderstanding and twisting and all that stuff. So that that was all before this. But when this happened, I, I, I texted her. I said, you know what? I, I want you to destroy me. That's what I said to her. I said, <laughs> I, want to have a, I want to have a conversation. I want you to destroy me because I deserve to be destroyed because, you know, I've been just as guilty of, oh, I'm not racist and things are better and all that stuff. And then when something like George Floyd happens, obviously, we I think a lot of us can speak to this. And that hit. I mean, that hit me right in the center of my soul. I think a lot of people said the same thing. And um, and so then I I mean, I think a lot of us probably had a lot of the same emotions. Those of us who, you know, are those of us who care to be you know, informed and live in the real world and understand that we we, we have problems and, and we have a ways to go still. So I said, look, let's let's have a talk. And I don't know what will come of it. And we, we talked for two hours on Zoom. Maybe a few drinks in there, too. Uh, a lot of stuff that we'll probably never see the light of day. See, that's what um, I want. I want the recording of the Zoom call. Well, she's got it. She's got it. And uh, she actually recorded it on her, like, official podcast things. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. So she's got the – and I've got the audio on my phone, and I actually transcribed the entire thing. I mean, you know, we start talking about, like, which movie's better, Beat Street or Breaking. You know, like, there's some sides right. that don't really – but um, They all honestly, fit, though. Those are the things we want to see, <laughs> That's right. But, like, honestly, Graham, that column that is on our website right now, uh, I think that's, like, the fourth version of it. And the first one was very much more, I'd say, aggressive and raw, and especially really my commentary more than hers. Um, and, you know, frankly, there were some things in there that made people, I guess, too uncomfortable, you know. And so – yeah, it, it took a lot of different things, um, revisions, and and the idea of okay, is there any way that we can involve like your sports teams? And I understand that. I mean, that's you know, I mean, it's still I'm writing for a national audience, and luckily for me, also, I have Candace Lee, the new Vanderbilt athletic director, who's fantastic, and we talked for an hour or two uh, about this stuff. So. And then, it, and frankly, it just worked out. Jeremy Pruitt of Tennessee wouldn't necessarily be the first person I'd pick to be, like, out front on this and be vocal and be courageous in Knoxville, Tennessee, to go do what he did, but he did. And I think he deserves a lot of credit. So it all kind of came together. But, yeah, the fun, the foundation of this was me feeling emotions a lot of people feel, and I just happened to have a friend like Jamel, and I leveraged that for, you know, to, to take up two hours of her time and really had one of the best discussions of my life, honestly. Well, that's what you do right now. You take friends you have and experience. I mean, I wrote a column that, that ran today just on what black leaders in Lansing would tell white people. And my first call was to a guy named Coy Boyer, who's a pastor at Kingdom Life Church in town. He's 40 years old. He was a basketball star at Sexton. We ran cross country together as freshmen with my little stubby legs and his long legs. I was trying to keep up <laughs> all the time. And But I just, you know, he's a guy who I enjoy talking with, a, a relationship you've had from, you know, 25 years ago. And I think now is a great time for all of us to use those relationships. I and mean, you, you, I think you want to use the relationships that are close. I want to, I think you want to, you hope they're the relationships of you have some in your life that are more than rekindling somebody you haven't talked to much in 20 years. But, but if you've got those, 
and you've got people who are great resources, um, I, I think that's tremendous right now. And that, that was one of the things, one of, one of the things from reading her thoughts and talking to different people, one of the things that's interesting to me, and, and not interesting, I knew this, but it's very apparent, and, and, and black leaders are quick to say it, we are not all the same. We don't all think the same on this in terms yeah. of what roles should be and how this should all uh, come about. And, and I've had people say that, you know, it, it's not helpful at all if white people speak on this right now. This needs to be, you know, you're in the, you're in the background. I've had people say, make a deep friend, you know, work on those relationships so conversations that are uncomfortable become less uncomfortable. And then I've had, I've had backlash from that where people have said, I cringe when I see the make a friend argument because a lot of white people always say, well, I have black friends. Is, right. is a way of saying I'm not a racist. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm just glad you did the piece. Yeah, well, and I think that's a great point. Look, it's it's it, it's hard because it is like for one, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to overstep. Like, you don't. I mean, you don't want to be like, now let me tell you what I think about race relations. You know. <laughs> right. I mean, but but the thing is, like Jamel said, and, and that's why I think those are the. I mean, those are the quotes I use because it's like, no, please do. Be uncomfortable. Yes. Look, man, it's very hard to get, you know, 100% uh, agreement or, you know, approval on anything. But uh, come from a good place and say what you think. And also, I mean, look, people have blind spots. People have not sought out. I mean, Graham, I go back to my education growing up. I learned about MLK. I learned about slavery, um, you know, some other stuff, but very little black history in my, you know, until I got to college, you know, sociology classes brought some of those things, but you still have to seek things out. So it's like, it's okay to be like ignorant, if that's the word I want to use, if it's not willfully ignorant. And I think there's a lot of people with good hearts who probably are, um, you know, hesitant to get into this stuff. And it's okay to not be a uh, an expert on everything, but but man, just like listen. But also, if you believe something, say it. And again, we have platforms, but say it to you know your friends when you guys talk about things. Say it to the fam, the the, the relative who says racist stuff sometimes. You know, I mean, that's where it's kind of like it really is. And Jamal had a great quote in there too. Sort of like, man, if you look at this big picture, you just it's. Forget about it. You, know, you can't look at it that way. Like, who's leading you locally? Um, that's something, man, that I've been – my eyes been open to lately in Tennessee. Some of these um, people with elected positions in smaller areas here saying some horrific stuff and, yeah. like, tweeting out, like, the QAnon, you know, conspiracy crap. And it's just like, oh, my God, are you serious? But, yeah, I mean, there's that, too. And those people probably aren't going to be open to the to the productive discussion here, but I think there are a lot of people who are, who have just been maybe hesitant, and I get why because I've felt the same thing. No, I, I think it's important to also recognize your your own you know, implicit biases. You know, like just yeah. I mean, there are things we, you know, this is. I, I was looking at some something I Facebook friended somebody the other day who was. Uh, black in this community who I hadn't spoken to in a little while and I just started going through my Facebook photos on my feed <laughs> that they would see and I was like man my life is white <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think of it that way I grew up on the west side of Lansing in the mid 80s and we you know on my street you had black kids 
mixed race kids, Jewish kids, Ethiopian kids, uh, Hispanic kids. We were unbelievable uh, melting pot on one street, and it shaped me. And it was a great place. And I went to a fifty-fifty high school, but man, my wife, my my white is uh, my life is white, and uh, and I'm, we we choose who we want to be around. We choose who we want to have conversations with, and I think um, that's something to. Uh, to think about in, in, in your own life. I want to talk a little sports, if you don't mind. Um, I like what, sports. Do you? I, I would, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I like sports. I want them to come back, and, man, I hope, like, I know we're trending up here in Tennessee, so I'm already starting to get nervous again. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's what I'm nervous about. Okay, so my fear right now is that I went through this period where I didn't miss sports. Then I sort of missed it, and then everything looked good. And now I'm, I am concerned that we are going to get this ramp up and we are going to be shutting down mid-August and everything's going to go away. That's just I just have this bad feeling, you know, this just, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong. What, um, what is, I mean, you live in a different era, area of the country, different. I mean, there, there are people, there's backlash to Governor Whitmer up here. There are people who have been, wanting to be open for a long time. I'm wondering what the best sense of the collective in Tennessee about, you know, cooperation and, and, and social distancing and mask wearing and understanding where we are living in the truth of, of what's best. Where, what is that situation down there? Yeah, well, I think it's with – it probably mirrors a lot of different things where uh, like Nashville – and Memphis, in particular, probably a lot different than the rest of the state. Um, you know, Nashville's been very careful, and it's still, I think, actually they were going to go to Phase 3 reopening, but then the numbers, now they're like, okay, we're sticking at Phase 2, which is, I think it's 50% capacity in restaurants. I mean, it's, it's been, way, in general, first of all, it's been way more open down here and way less, um, you know, the virus has not been nearly the factor here as it has been in Michigan, but... I mean, my sense, Graham, is even here in the Nashville area, like people are done with this. And I understand yeah. it. I feel the same freaking way. I really do. But it's funny because Katie and I were just talking, like, because we now have, like, seven-day high since this started in Tennessee. And, 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 I'm, and I would suspect that the protests and the rallies have had something to do with that. But, you know, because now we're kind of, kind of seeing numbers that would be reflected in some of that. But – Bottom line is like we're like we gotta lock it down even more now because yeah I am worried too I mean I think the warm weather is is a the good thing from all we know but again as we know day to day we still don't know a lot about this virus all the experts all the scientists like they're still learning stuff all the time and I think it's still very much a situation obviously to take seriously it's a tragic situation and yes very selfishly Graham I am freaked out about what you just said because. I mean, look, I, let's be honest, like we write about sports for a living and, you know, that's, that hasn't been something we've had for months now. And, you know, uh, I, I fear what that would look like. So I, I hope that uh, I guess people are reacting quickly and forcefully to some of these numbers so that we can just keep it going in a positive direction. And then whatever fans look like, you know, that's a lot to be decided, but I mean, man, it, it's not over. And I think too many people right now think it is. Yeah, one of my fears for this football season, so there, I fear the idea of no season. But I think almost the thing I would hate even more is this thing where the, the season is just this constant, 
they're starting and stopping. If you're writing about uh, coaches and position play, you know, players who can't play this week constantly, if it, if the whole season becomes about navigating COVID, it's going to suck. It's not going to be fun to cover. It's not going to be fun to follow for fans. It's going to be kind of this forced season for economic reasons. I, I don't want that season. I want us to get to a place where, yeah, we, we're still mindful of it. It's still prevalent. We got to be careful of a second wave, but we're able to enjoy a football season. I just I, that's what I badly, badly want. Yeah, I hear you, but I'll take the crappy season with that as a looming thing over none. You know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, no, obviously, I, I agree. It'd be great to get to a point where, um, and again, I think so much of it is is testing and um, not allowing for you know like an outbreak on a particular team because when that happens now what is it so you forfeit this week you know are you are you guys basically just you know uh just relinquishing your next two games until everybody can be quarantined i mean like you know that's where that's where the, the testing to me has to be and really more extensive than the plan is right now but i hope i'm wrong how much do you miss covering msu I miss covering MSU. Um, I miss mostly, I mean, you know, I, I miss, I mean, that is always going to be my home. It's, I think I've lived there by far more in my life. And I, I miss, you know, I miss Breslin and being on the floor for those unbelievable games. I miss Izzo's practices probably. If, if you're talking about an element of the job, I miss yeah. that the most. Uh, but, but, well, but more than anything, just the relationships, honestly, with you guys, with other media and just the, I, I've loved this. Uh, switch to columnist, um, but also there is something about a beat with consistent people and kind of being an expert on one thing that is also, uh, you know, satisfying. So um, now there's some things in the last few years that I have said, yeah, I'm glad I'm not on that beat right now. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting, you know, um, being down here and sort of watching Michigan State games now, and especially like if I watch them with Brennan, for people who don't know, it's my middle child who's now 12. <laughs> you got to be the biggest Michigan State fan in the history of the world. Uh, it, it's it's interesting watching from afar, but yeah, I, there's a lot I miss about it. Yeah, I mean, now we don't. It sounds like we're not even going to have Hondo around. So um, between you leaving and Hondo leaving, I, I don't uh, I don't know how we'll we'll, we'll cope. Um, my goodness, yeah, that's it's, a uh, lot of uh, personality. Yeah, the, are, were you surprised by the way the D'Antonio era ended? Um, well, I guess. I mean, am I surprised? Like when I left the beat compared to the end? Yes. Um, was I surprised that given all that happened? Um, I mean, a little bit. Obviously, I think. I I, I guess I kind of thought. In fact, Graham X, I heard. We may have talked about this, but I heard from some people who you know, have an idea about what D'Antonio was thinking, that they thought that last year was going to be his last season for a long time, kind of in, in the plans, or at least in the uh, you know in his mindset. But um, the what, exactly where it ended, I mean, obviously that's tough for assistant coaches finding jobs. That's what I didn't like about it. Um, I mean, the timing wasn't great. But as far as, like, after that season, no. Um, no, it would have been, I mean, it, it's too bad. There wasn't, little, I guess, a little bit more celebration and, um, you know, proper goodbye happening, but I'm sure some of that can be arranged in the future too. 
Well, Joe, I miss you, man. Uh, it's good chatting with you again, and uh, I would urge everybody to read his piece. Vanderbilt and Tennessee are, are in this movement. Let's uh, stay in it with them. That's the headline. Uh, the piece goes into a lot more depth than that. It's really worth your time at The Athletic. Go to Joe Rexroad's uh, Twitter account to, to, to find it easily, at Joe Rexroad. Joe, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Miss you too, man. Thanks for having me. Joe Rexroad, man. Those were the, the heydays of the beat, you know? Sounds like he's going to miss Hondo. What if Hondo went to the Athletic Nashville? Uh, yeah, see, Joe's a little more. Joe doesn't realize how much we we, we poke fun at that situation, so I don't, don't think he knew what to say there. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show every day, three days a week. Uh, I don't think he does. So your Facebook is the whitest Facebook of all time. Is that what you're saying? No, no. But uh, so I, I I stop. So here's a great example of, of sort of white privilege and overthinking things. I had a Facebook memory pop up the other day, yesterday. Me, my buddy Alan, my buddy Marcus, who we were just talking with on the street um, a couple, uh, like a week ago, I ran into both of them on the street. One was, Marcus was home and Alan still lives there. It's us from uh, seven years ago when I had first really moved back to town and we're just sort of holding, drinking beers. A picture of the three of us says something like, just like 1987, right? We grew up together there. And it's me with two black guys. And I thought, yeah, I should, I should repost this memory like oh, there's no point i've reposted i mean it's been a, you know th- th- i'm not going to do that because it's i should do it if i want to do it no but then it was it looks like it. i'm pander does it look like i'm pandering to it you know like i was like god I, I, and so i overthought i'm like i'm just not sharing it but that that's where we are and we you know i, I think we have to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations just find every picture of you the wrong with a black thing. person and post it for the next week do it. My, my my Facebook, yeah, I'm not pleased with my Facebook wall because I don't think it's entirely reflective of my life. I, I think it's my, you know, but uh, maybe I'll find a black producer, co-host. There you go. I'll f- help you find one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, we'll call it. We'll call it woken couch. Woken couch. <laughs> what a disaster that be an hour of apologies. Would be. Oh, what a disaster that show would be. Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, well, we appreciate everybody joining us. Appreciate Front 43 and Casking Company. Go to caskingcompany.com or stop by on uh, just north of Frandor on East Saginaw on Lansing. On Friday, we will do your Groovy Donuts Twitter questions. Looking forward to that conversation. Jason, good show, man. Yeah, man. Catch you the roof. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.